Oh, it's so good to be here with all of you today. Let's start out with prayer, shall we? Lord, you said walking in the light is the message that you want to share today. And walking in the light is this light of love. And so I pray, Lord God, today that it's your light of love that I stand behind. It's your light of love that speaks through me. It's your light of love that will touch the hearts of the people. So Father, today, I pray that this light will shine so deep in their hearts that they will not leave the same way that they came. And so Father, pour your presence, your love, your light, your everything, that's all we need. For you are more than enough, God, for us. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends, will you please stand with me as we read the word of God? Today, the message comes from Ephesians 5, 1 through 21. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But sexual immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be mentioned among you. As, is, as it is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness, no foolish talk or vulgar joking, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with uncertainty that no sexually immoral or impure or greedy person, which amounts to an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. See that no one deceives you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. As you try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, do not participate in the useless deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all these things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that come becomes visible as light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So then... Be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine in which there is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, and always giving thanks for all the things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to our God and Father, and subject yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. So the very first three points, the very first point is what is the light? So I wanna talk to you about a light source that I had to find when I first started working here. So my office is upstairs, and I would come in the morning and it would be kinda dark, and there wasn't a light switch that would turn on the light. So I had to go to somebody and say, hey, where's the light source to turn on the light? And remember when the, the sound system used to be up there? Up in that box, there was this black box with numbers on it, and I had to press number six. <laughs> now, I never would have figured that out, right? I never would have figured that out. I had to ask somebody. 
I had to know the way to the light. And it's the same way with the Lord. In John 8, 12, it says, Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus is the light, all right? So we know that Jesus is the light. So how do I get that light? Well, Romans 10, 9 tells us, it says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I did this. I said, Jesus, I said, come into my heart. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I am a sinner that needs a savior and I need the light. And this is what happened. The light came in me. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, so the light is in me, right? So I'm like, okay, I have to learn about this light. I have to learn how to walk in the light. How do I walk in the light? Oh, there is a light that shines with my light. And so as I learn, I've got this light in me, as I learn to walk in this light that strengthens this light, my life changes. So let's take a look at that. So I go, all right, I'm gonna start walking in the light. I accepted Jesus, he's in me, and I'm gonna start walking in my light. So the next day I go, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna sign up for that, and I'm gonna do this, and wait a minute. You know that one thing that I still do? Well, it's hard to quit doing that. And then then all of a sudden, I'm feeling this overwhelmingness and this stress and this, and then all of a sudden, that light, the love, calls me back. And I'm back in love. I'm back in the light. And it strengthens this light. And so I learn that whenever I walk away from the light, that love calls me back to it and strengthens me. So there's another thing that happens. So say I say this. Pastor Joyce is having that Philippians Bible study. Saturday. I, it's my only day off. I, you know, I, and, and you know what? I'd like to stay in my pajamas. I got laundry to do. I'm tired. I have stuff to do. And you know what? I need to paint my registers today. And all of a sudden, that light which has moved me to go to the women's Bible study, I'm standing there. But you know what that light does? It comes right back to me with love and says, just stay with me. Just keep going. It's not about what I do right or wrong. It's about staying and walking in the light. So what I learned now from this is I follow the light. I stay in the light. The light doesn't follow me. Right? Should I say that again? The light doesn't follow me. I follow the light. So how do I do this? How do I follow this light that I'm not even used to doing? I'm used to following me. I'm used to following things and doing. How do I follow this light? Very first question, do you want to follow the light? Do you want to follow love? 
Do you want to follow a way that will bring peace and joy and all of these things that are in you that you haven't experienced? So it's a question. Do you want to follow love or do you want to follow your way? So it's beginning to say, I want to follow the light. So then you say, okay, I, want to, I don't know how to do it. I want to do it. I don't know how to do it. So then you begin this journey of how do I teach me how to follow the light? How do I do that? And this is where it, it's happening when you come to church, when you go to connect groups, when you come to Tuesday night, when, when you get involved in things where people are talking about the light, being in the light, the Bible studies, the men's groups, all these things, the, um, the prophetic team, they will pour the light into you. The freedom ministry team, they will help you to get rid of things to get the light in. There's so many things, healing, so many things in this church that will help us to stay in the light. I remember uh, Pastor Andrew, he, he had a visual up here. He had the flesh and the spirit. And he talked about that. He said you can either follow the spirit, the light, or the flesh. So let's look at Romans 12 too. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do I follow the light? So that you may prove what the will of God is. So the more I hang out with this light, and I learn about this, I'm just being still in the light. So I'm like, okay, teach me about this love that that changes me, that makes me want to stay in the light, that teach me about how, what I do when I go outside of the light to come back in. And it builds this beautiful love relationship with the light. You know, I think about sunflowers, they're my favorite. You know, and the sunflowers follow the, the sun, right? And the light, and that's us. We follow the sun. So, Let's talk about a few things. How do we do this? We, we do it by renewing our mind, changing the way we think, looking at the word of God. So I want to give you this example of how God, the Lord, really led me to understanding what it's like to live on this earth. So it was in September and I had COVID. You know, it, it was brain fog and weakness and no taste and no smell. And I was like, just really focusing on the light. I'm like, help me that I can be content in this thing that's happening. Help me that I can stay in the light. And so when I couldn't read my Bible, I'm like, I can listen. I listened to the Bible. I watched Chosen. I did all these things to stay in the light. But then one day I'm like, I'm getting better. I'm like, Jim, I'm walking and talking at the same time. I'm doing this, you know? I'm like, whoa! And that night, I had a symptom I never had before. I had these body aches, and it was worse. And it didn't make sense. I was getting better, and then I felt worse. So I stayed in the light. I'm like, mm-mm, not getting me. Help me, Lord. Help me. How can I be content? And so I was starting to feel better, and I'm out on the deck. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like talking to the Lord. I'm seeing the spirit with the trees moving. And I'm looking at the animals, and I'm just talking to the Lord. I'm like, Holy Spirit, you know? And then I heard this. This life on earth doesn't make sense. I'm like, no kidding. <laughs> I'm like, what I just experienced with this COVID thing? I'm like, that did not make sense at all. 
It didn't make sense. It didn't make sense that I couldn't taste chocolate. It didn't make sense. I don't get it. Only lasted a couple weeks. I'm back. So I'm experiencing that, in the, and, and I was, it was like the Lord was showing me, what is it like to live on the earth that doesn't make sense? Can I get an amen? Doesn't make sense, the stuff that, right? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. He said, it's like you're going into a foreign country all by yourself, and everybody speaks a foreign language. Nobody speaks English, so I cannot understand anybody. I can't read the signs. Their customs are different. They drive their car on the wrong side. Their times are off. Everything is, doesn't make sense to me at all. And I'm standing there in this place that doesn't make sense, but I'm given two things. I'm given a guide in this country and a guidebook. And the guide is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that guides me. So there's this, you know, I'm in this foreign country and speaking to me, this is how you do. And that it gives me the word of God, the guidebook that I have to memorize and study because if I want to talk to them, I have to memorize. How do I say this? And their culture is different. So if you want to do this, you have to say it this way. And so in order to live on earth that doesn't make sense, you use a guide and the guidebook. And I'm like, stay in the light. Because the guide and the guidebook, walking in that light, is love, is favor, is goodness. And whenever I want to remind, I, I, I left, do you remember? I left the, he's like, I love you. I'm like, I'm hanging out with you, you know? He teaches me about love and forgiveness and all these things. Mm, So good. So there is, I want to talk about manna. I want to talk about the word of God. And in um, Exodus, it says, then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, so that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. And he provided manna for 40 years. The word of God is our manna. It is my daily bread. He provided bread every day to live in this world that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Except he gives me this bread to eat every day, and that makes sense. That keeps me alive, and that guides me by his love. So I want to tell you a story about the ladies in the jail. So I'm really blessed and honored to go to the jail every Wednesday from um, 10 to 12, and I get to build relationships with the amazing women in the jail. And one of the things that I talk to them about is about the flesh and the spirit. And I said, whatever you feed grows, whatever you don't feed will die. So I said, if you feed your spirit by talking to God, by glancing at him, by reading your Bible, by starting a little group, by talking about the Lord, pray, you are feeding your spirit, and that is getting stronger over your flesh. I said, the reason you're in here is because you you fed your flesh. So what are you gonna do when you leave? I mean, there are amazing women who are growing 
and one woman is leading Bible studies. She's mentoring women. It's so powerful. I said, what are you gonna do when you get out of here though? Are you gonna feed your spirit or your flesh? I said, don't get me wrong, I'm so thankful that I met you in here. I am so thankful that I met you. But I don't wanna see you in here again. I wanna see you out. So when you leave, just like any of us, what are you gonna feed? You're gonna feed your spirit or your flesh. So I wanna talk about the second thing, which what distracts us from walking in the light? So I wanna tell you about this because this is meant only for you. When I talk about the four things that distract you, it'd be so easy for you to look at the person next to you and elbow, or think, that lady I work with, uh uh-huh. Or to look at somebody else, and I want you to know all the things that come from God. He's such a personal God, I love that. It's just for me, amen? So what I need to do for this very first one is, let me read the scripture first, Ephesians 5, 3 and 4, the distractions. But sexual immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be mentioned among you, as is proper among saints, and there must be no filthiness or foolish talk or vulgar joking, which are not fitting. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is sexual immorality, but I'm going to put these glasses on to represent who I am, and you'll understand this as you watch. I'm a man. (laughs) So I want to talk to you about sexual immorality and our eyes. I was listening to an evangelist one time on TV, you know, and it's just for me, and he talked about how he did a lot of traveling places, and when he went into hotel rooms, he would, he just said, I look straight ahead. I don't look around. I don't look at women. I don't look at what they're wearing or not wearing. And he said, I've just learned not to look. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, that's a distraction I want you to change. I said, okay. Because in this love, because he knew he wanted me to stay in love, he said, this is what's distracting you. So I said, okay. And as I began this journey of not looking, do you know what I realized? I looked at men's bottoms. Ah! I'm like, okay. So what he did is he, he taught me, he said, there's a difference between looking and seeing. And we'll talk more about that. And you may say, well, what's the big deal about looking? What's the big deal about looking? Well, Let's see what the Word of God says about it. In 2 Samuel 11, 2 through 5, it says, Now at the evening time, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the house. And from the roof, he saw a beautiful a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful in appearance. So David sent servants and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and had her brought, and when she came to me, he slept with her. She had been purified from her uncleanliness, and she returned to her house. But the woman conceived, so she sent word, informed David, and said, I'm pregnant. And then if you read the story, if you don't know it, you read the story, the story went on from him looking where 
he had the husband killed and the baby died. And you go, but I want to talk to you about looking and seeing the difference between that. Because there are times where I catch myself looking and I turn away. You know, even sometimes even looking with, at women, because if I don't turn away, then the, my judgmental crown will get on. So I don't, mm -mm, I don't I'm not going to judge. I'm not looking. And I've learned that. So let me talk to you a little bit about looking and seeing. So when there's a crime scene, we all witness it, and the police come in, and they say, what did you, tell me what you saw. They don't say, tell me what you looked. Because looking is looking, turning away. And so God is calling us. He called me into this about help me to stop seeing. So the second distraction is impurity. Oh, hello, Facebook friends. Oh, new haircut. I always wanted red hair. Oh, sweet puppy. My puppy is cuter than your puppy. Why would you do that? And then post about it. And now the whole world sees that you did that. Oh, look, they went to dinner. They didn't invite me to dinner. I wish I had friends like that. So impurity is in the heart, you know? You can have a container with clear water, right? And one can darken it. But thank God for Jesus. Because by his blood, boop, he can clear that right up. So let me talk about some things that can be impure in our heart. Judgment. Judgment can darken the things in our heart. Controlling. So you become the savior of the person. You're the one to help. That's something that can become impure in our heart. Jealousy, comparison, pride, anger. I want to tell you my story about judging. And it has to do with my wonderful husband, Jim Gaman. So we got married, and uh, God put us together 100%. God put us together. I knew that. And we get married, and I confront God. Are you kidding? And I started looking at my husband. And I'm like, how much time are you spending on the computer? You know what? You aren't reading your Bible first thing. You read it every day. That's good. But first fruit, first thing. And I am judging everything about him. And the Lord spoke harshly to me. He said, get your eyes off of him. You do not know how far he has come. And it opened my eyes. It opened my eyes and my heart about the impure thoughts of judging. And so what I started doing is I started saying, I am nobody's judge. I'm nobody's savior. I say it every day. I'm not Jim's judge. I'm not his savior. I'm nobody's judge. And I have to say that because judgment wants to come up so easily. 
Controlling wants to come up so easily. All these things. But, Lord, in the light, he says, I'll help you. I'll show you. I love you. Just relax. Just be still in this light of love. I promise you, if you stay in this light, I'll help you with everything. And he has. All right. The next thing that we're going to talk about is greed. Yes, hello. Are you there? (gasps) Great. Okay, I need to order your new canvas totes. Yes, the natural tote. All the colors. Yes, one of each color. The regular handle and the long handle. Yes. And then I need the solid totes and the printed totes. And don't forget the checkered one because that's my favorite. You can put so much stuff inside totes. Yes, and I need the crossbody bucket bag. Yep, the solids and the prints. And the crossbody satchel. And the new Weekender duffel. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. I have to have all of these. So what greed is, it's no matter how much of something, it's never enough. No matter how much money you have, no much power, prestige, no matter how much control, no matter how many things, no matter how many experience you have, it is never enough. So I want to tell you my story when, when the Lord was showing, talking to me about what I had that wasn't enough. It was earrings. It was earrings. So said, hey, let's, let's get rid of some of those earrings. I'm like, fine. I don't like these. You, you can have them. <laughs> yeah, I'll get rid of those, no problem. And then he spoke to me and he said, oh, those pair. I'm like, I just bought them. I didn't even, I didn't even, you want me to give away these earrings? And then those earrings that match so many of my outfits. <laughs> and then it got to the point where my favorite earrings, I went on a missions trip to Kenya, and I love these earrings, and I picked them up, and I said, who do you want me to give these to? And he said, you're done. And these are those earrings. I'm wearing the earrings. And if he tells me, to give them away, I will give them away. But do you know what he's done? He has people give me earrings. I'm telling you, people are always giving me earrings. It's like, isn't that just like God? The thing that I surrendered for him, (laughs) he gives to me. So we have to know that this light of love, this this light is more than enough. When other things, when we're looking for other things, no matter how much we get, it's never enough. But he is more than enough. And I want to tell a story about this. It's in Mark 8, and it says, In those days where there was a large crowd and they had nothing to eat, Jesus summoned his disciples and said to them, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me for three days have nothing to eat. And I send them away hungry to their homes. They will faint on the way, and, then, and some of them have come from... I'm a long way. And his disciples replied to him, where will anyone be able to find enough? Where would they be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place? 
And he says, well, how many loaves do you have? They said, seven. He directed the people, reclined on the ground, and taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks and broke them, and they had some fish, and he blessed them. And he told the disciples to serve these, and they ate and were satisfied, and they picked up seven large baskets full of what was left over of the broken pieces. He is more than enough. He is more than enough. He is the only thing that is more than enough. You know, I love that song, Jaira, you are enough. You're enough. So when Jesus becomes our idol, no matter how much I get of him, it's never enough. I want more. I want more. And he satisfies that. The fourth distraction we're going to talk about are words. Ugh. Have you seen my keys? Did you take my keys? No, I, I don't know where your shoes are. Look under your bed. Ugh, why can I never find my keys? We're going to be late again, and then we're going to be stuck in the drop-off line, and there are clearly people who don't read the emails because they don't know how the drop-off line works. <laughs> and then they park six feet from the crosswalk. You have to park at least six feet from the crosswalk, or the poor little crossing guard has to walk all the way into the street to even see if they can cross people. Oh, where are my keys? <gasps> We're going to get stuck on the belt line behind people who don't know how to drive. <laughs> they can't keep a consistent speed. What is with that? And then they're going slowly, and so I go to pass them, and then they clearly speed up. <laughs> I mean, who does that? What is that about? And we have to stop and put gas in the car, and I'm going to need, like, a loan to do that. I am not complaining. I am stating facts. Where are my keys? Let's give her a hand. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work, amen? <laughs> so let's talk about words. Let's talk about words. What are the words that can distract us? Our words or words from other people? Negative or critical words that will distract us from the light? Self-promoting or self-loathing, sarcasm, complaining, grumbling, arguing, controlling, sexual talk, ethnicity jokes. I'm going to tell you a story about Jim again, but it's all good about him. So, one of the things that I, I, I a strength that I have is I am, I'm, I'm good with organizational skills. I'm really good at that. And sometimes I have to re, you know, remind Jim, but we have this thing so that it, it's to help him. So I say, Jim, about this, and he'll say, will you write that down? And I write it down. Or I'll say, do you want me to write this down? So we found a way, so we're helping each other. So I write it down, and then we put it on the island, and that way Jim can look at it and when, as God leads him to do it, he'll do it. <laughs> you know where this is going. <laughs> so, I put on my little judgment crown, and I looked at that sheet that had been on the island for about, I don't know, seemed like a year, but it was probably like four, three or four days. <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to help my husband. And I'm going to just remind him of some things. And I was like, oh, yeah. You know, 
I'm blessed. My husband does all the vacuuming. Come on. But I noticed that he could vacuum again. I was like, oh yeah, you know. And then I go, and could I help you? Could I help you? You know, these things and doing this, could I help you? And my amazing husband goes, you're poking me. I'm like, what? And I walk away, and I go to the light. I go, am I poking him? And he goes, well, you're using the word help instead of control. (laughs) I'm helping you, honey, I'm just helping you. Honey, I am just controlling you. So, Psalm 141.3, oh Lord, set a guard over my mouth and keep watch over the doors of my lips, right? So the third point, our last point is how we walk in the light. In Ephesians 5.14, it says, arise, sleeper, arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. And then it talks about things that we can do. In uh, 19, it says, you know, it goes, be filled with the Spirit and speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and seeking and making melody with your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks for all things and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and our Father, and subject yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. So, arise, sleeper. Maybe that's you today. And all you have to do today the light is here, is you just have to lift your head. And love will come in. And love will bring you up. And love will lift you out of whatever you're in. And love will speak to you. And love will guide you. Walking in the love, right? Walking in the love. And so here's some things that I do to help me to stay in the light. I have learned to be still in the light. And it's something that's going to take practice to be still. But if I pursue it, and I go, I want to be still, and he goes, I'll do it in you. I'm like, okay. He's like, you just hang out with me, and I do this. And so in this stillness, I say, I am your beloved, and you are mine, and I love you, and that's what we do. That's who we are. We love each other. So I start out with this stillness with him. And then I say things like, help me to be humble. I want to be humble. It's important. I know it's important to you. I want to be humble. Teach me. Show me. Help me to be humble. And I go, I am nobody's judge. I am nobody's savior. Help me that I don't judge or try to control others or myself. And I say, obeying you is the most important thing in my life. I just start talking. And this love comes in and hears me. And it starts helping me in all these areas. And I say, show me your word. I need your manna. I need that manna. I need to eat it today. I need to know what I need from you. This love then can help me make it through today in this world that doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. And when I'm struggling, I say, help me. Sometimes it's like I'm crawling to the light. I'm like, I'm so desperate for you. Help me, I can't live this life without you. I mean, sometimes I'm just crying and saying that. Help me see people with your eyes. 
I don't want to judge. Help me hear them with your ears. I see these things. And then when I worship, I worship right to the light. I don't care what people say. I've learned. I'm like, when I just worship to the light and when I sing, I'm singing it to the light, to love. I sing it to love. I dance to love. I do, or if you're quiet, however God made you, do it to love. And it changes us. So I want to tell you the story of a woman from the, from the jail who's changed my, my life. Her, her name begins with J, so I'm going to call her J. And that morning when I was in the light with love, before I went to jail, I felt led to, to, to just to say, what's your dream? What, what was your vision? What would you want to do? And as I was meeting with the women, J and another woman were standing there. I said, what was your vision? What was your dream? And she said, I was a CNA, and, but I want to be a nurse. And I saw her eyes from this walking in the light. I saw her with the Lord's eyes, and I saw tenderness in her eyes. And I looked, I go, I see tenderness in your eyes. You're supposed to be a nurse. You're supposed to be a nurse. People need to see nurses who have tenderness in their eyes. You're supposed to be a nurse. So on the Wednesdays, the next Wednesday when I would come, jokingly, I'd say, where's my nurse? I started calling her my nurse, like she was my personal nurse. When I came back, where's my nurse? Where are you? Where's my nurse? And one, I stood still, one Wednesday, she came up and she said, Chaplain Joyce, Chaplain Joyce, I gotta tell you something. I have to tell you something. I'm like, what? And she said, I applied for nursing school. This is what happens when you walk in the light. I got in the light that morning, all the light. And I left, when I left the jail, I went out to my car and I cried. I cried tears of joy of what the Lord did because I was walking in the light. I want to look at Psalm. This happened the last time. I look in the light so much I can't read the last thing. (laughs) Psalm 56, 13. Love this. For you have delivered my soul from death, indeed my feet from stumbling, so that I may walk before God in the light of the living. It is a journey. It's a journey of learning to live from here to the light. Nobody does it perfectly. Nobody, nobody does it perfectly. It is a journey of getting better and better. I want to read from you A.W. Tozer. I'm reading the book, The Pursuit of God, and, and just really chewing on this. And he talks about what it's like in this journey of learning to walk in the light. And he said, and it's important that we get still. That means quiet, to wait on God. And it's best that we get alone, preferably with our Bible outspread before us. Then, if we will, we may draw near to God and begin to hear him speak to us in our hearts. I think for the average person, the progression will be something like this. First, a sound as a presence walking in the garden. Then a voice more intelligible but still far from clear. 
Then the happy moments when the spirit begins to illuminate the scriptures. And that which has been only a sound or at best a voice now becomes an intelligible word. Warm and intimate and clear as the word of a dear friend. Then will come life and light. And best of all, the ability to see and rest in and embrace Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of all.